Hi, good afternoon everyone. Jason Goldring from Simply Sasquatch Radio. You might have remembered our episodes from several years ago. And we had taken an extended hiatus, uh, a very extended hiatus, to try and collect ourselves and, you know, obviously move forward with life adventures and that sort of thing. But what really is taken me by surprise is the amount of reports and information that has been shared with me as it relates to some incidents that have occurred in Ontario and the surrounding area. Now, I'm not just focusing on Ontario, Canada. I'd like to hear from all of you about all the events that are taking place around the world. One of the most interesting things that I recently came across is an individual who got in touch with me and he mentioned, you know what, it's the first time he's used a thermal imager and it's set him back a little bit financially, but he said, you get what you pay for. And he was in a location called Halliburton, Ontario. It's in central Ontario. And he had noticed after hearing some noises off in the bush, he used his imager and he saw what appeared to be a bipedal creature that was walking with very long footsteps or a very long gait. And it appeared to have extremely large arms, long arms. And for some reason he felt that this creature, even though it was nighttime, knew that he was there because he kept stopping and what appeared to be like turning towards him and looking at him and then continuing to walk, but at a faster pace. So after speaking with this fellow, I'm going to try and get him on uh, an upcoming show. After speaking with this fellow, he related the events and, you know, I definitely struck an interest in me and I wanted to get back to the podcasting service so that we can share events like these, which in my mind are quite intriguing. Now, we all know that the Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, they all more or less relate to the same entity. We do not have definitive proof that these beings exist. However, I can tell you this, there has been more positive proof than negative proof. The reason why I feel that these things are so elusive is they don't stand to benefit or gain anything from uh, interacting with humans. They would rather be off doing their own thing. They're not necessarily shy, but they do know that we could potentially cause harm to them. And the other thing is the social aspect. These creatures, when you've heard, uh, when when you've heard some of the the language and noises that are made, this is something that we couldn't really relate to. We couldn't carry on a conversation with these beings, and the social interaction skills would probably be entirely different than what we would expect. So we don't stand to gain anything from them. They don't stand to gain anything from us. Although, I'm quick to point out that a lot of these beings, these creatures, appear to be in areas that are not only remote and desolate, but they also appear to be in areas just outside of small towns and communities. Uh, Basically, 
they're opportunistic in the sense that they can go observe what we're doing, peek through windows, go through garbage dumpsters, steal animals, that sort of thing, in order to make an existence for themselves. So I want to jump right in here. I really do. I want to jump right in and talk about this occurrence. I'm not going to give away the whole thing because I'd like to have the fellow on the show. But I want to jump into this occurrence that took place in Halliburton. Uh, Halliburton is a very beautiful area of Ontario. And this fellow had gone up there in a small RV. I don't know if you've ever seen those Toyota trucks. They look like a a baby pickup truck with a large, uh, I guess you could say, RV cab in the bed. But that's what he had. He said it was the perfect size for him because he can get into some of the smaller trails and access roads and that sort of thing. But it offered all the comforts of what he required when he was out in the bush. Being an avid, uh, a very avid hunter and at the same time an outdoorsman who appreciates what nature has to offer, he was taking pictures. He was just absorbing the surroundings and it was not until one evening when he thought he heard a cracking sound in the bush and it was relatively loud and it seemed to be relatively close but it was just a little bit too dark for him to actually observe anything he took out his binoculars and he started scanning the area to no avail he couldn't see anything it was just a little bit too dark the bush was a little too dense and that's when he adopted the use of his thermal camera FLIR. scanning the area he did pick up something and he was shocked This thing, he said, stood at least seven feet tall, very long arms, and for some reason, every time he was staring at it and following it with the FLIR, it would almost turn and look at him like he knew that it was being observed. One other note was that it had a very long gait when it walked, which basically helped to prove the height of this creature or being and it covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time without having to run or jog or do anything like that so armed with this information and the fact that you know he felt comfortable he had his little mini rv with him he went inside and stayed there for a little bit with the hopes that this thing would not come back or get a little bit too inquisitive about what he was doing there and he waited for at least 20 25 minutes and peeked through the windows he could see nothing and by this time it was dark and the first thing he wanted to do was to get a light going outside and to start up a fire which he did so and for the rest of the evening there is nothing observed there is nothing heard Now, I have to ask myself, and I asked him, I said, why do you think it would stay that close to you or walk by where you were? Do you think it was curiosity, if anything? And he said it could have been curious because it kept staring to do what appeared to be looking at me. 
And I didn't mean it any harm. It's not like I was going to shoot it or anything like that. I was just curious because I've never seen something of this size or magnitude before. But I could definitely hear it as it was walking. I heard the odd tree crack or stick crack. I could hear leaves and that sort of thing. So it was a lot closer than what I had thought and perhaps too close for comfort. I was scared, if anything. I felt for him. You know, I would be in the same position, especially when you're up there alone. You've got no one else to rely on, and the only thing that you've got between you and the outdoors is a thin aluminum wall on your RV, which I'm quite sure would be taken down with ease with something of this size. When he woke up the next morning, he went up to the area where he thought he saw it and looked around and could see nothing identifiable as being anything other than perhaps a figment of his imagination. But at the same time, he said he felt uneasy. And it was the first time he felt like this. And I said to him, maybe it's just because of the experience that occurred the day before. You know, you feel like there's something around because you obviously witnessed, you experienced this, and it's just your body. It's it's the way your body is reacting, your mind is reacting because of this occurrence. And he said, yeah, perhaps. He said, but one of the things that I did find is that being on a heightened sense of awareness said I was always looking around. It wasn't like I typically react or deal with when I'm in the field. I was always looking around, looking over my shoulder, looking up ahead, pausing for a second, listening to what's going on around me. But one thing that I do want to point out is that it was extremely, and I mean extremely quiet. There were no birds chirping. There were no chipmunks or squirrels or anything like that. There were no coyotes the past night. There were no wolves or anything like that. It was dead silent. And he said, that's quite unusual for this area. You at least hear something. He said, I even expected that when I went down to the lake, I might have spooked a beaver or something like that and hear the slap of the tail. He said, there was nothing. Now, the area that he was in is fairly desolate. There's uh, maybe three or four cottages that dot the small lake that was uh, just north of him. And he never saw or heard any boats, anything like that. And the entranceway is where people normally park their vehicles and launch their boat to get up to the end of the lake where these cottages are. He said that when he had arrived at this location, there was no one there. There were no vehicles, no nothing. He walked up the pathway a little bit to make sure that his vehicle was going to be able to make it. And once he identified the fact that it was clear enough for him to do so, and he had a place to turn around, he proceeded down the trail and set up his camp. On this particular occasion, just before he was ready to pack up and go home, 
He said he left a trail camera out there overlooking the area where he saw this creature. Didn't know if it was a creature of habit and would pass along the same area again. He said there was a slight trail. It could have been a game trail or something like that, but nothing really that defined. But he left a trail camera up there with the intention to come up a couple of weeks later to collect it and perhaps to do some fishing and maybe a little bit more observing if something like this would happen again. This is where he got a bit of a spook, a scare. He did end up going back there about two and a half weeks later. And when he was up there, he noticed something very unusual. He said, as I was walking in the bush to go use the bathroom, he said he doesn't use the one inside the RV uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> he, he did tell me and I forget. Uh, he went out into the bush and he started to do his thing and he felt what almost felt like it was a large bug that had flown into him like a june bug or a beetle or something like that and i said maybe it was a mosquito and he said no no he said it was it was heavier than that and as he was finishing up he felt it again except this hit the back of his neck and he immediately turned to look and could not see a thing as he was walking back to the rv he kept turning around looking behind him uh, you know erring on the side of caution and one more time as soon as he got to the rv and went inside he heard a slight ping as if something hit the side of the rv he stayed inside for a little bit and the sound disappeared but he was wondering what the heck could this be it wasn't something falling from a tree or anything like that it was almost like it was being projected or aimed at him and he stayed like i said he stayed in the rv for a little while just to kind of get his wits about him and he pulled out a map and started marking the area where he walked and where he wanted to go explore except he felt that he should bring his rifle with him go out and scout the area and it was no more than about 20 minutes later when he left the area uh, where his rv was and was walking in the bush and i believe that's where this creature had spotted him and i believe and i offered this suggestion to him that it noticed that he was armed he had a firearm with him and it started darting through the bush at a very high rate of speed he said it was almost like a blur it was trying to get away from me so it must have some sort of intelligence that allows it to understand that that long stick you're carrying slung over your shoulder can cause harm. So I'm wondering based on this experience, whether or not it's interacted with other individuals who are or were armed and what sort of fear uh, 
gets implemented into this creature's brain uh, whether or not it's been shot before but if you're like me I'm one of those type of individuals who would not fire a shot at something like that because I still don't have the clarity in my mind to know that what I'm doing is right I mean what if it was a human what if it was just a derelict human it you know I, I just couldn't fathom pulling the trigger it just wouldn't work for me and, and he felt the exact same way too but the way he describes it and I want him to describe it in his own words and obviously ask him some more questions and uh, you know get a better sense of what he actually felt whether or not you had that sense of security now that you know that you were carrying a firearm with you or would it turn would it turn the tables and have this thing start chucking huge sticks at you and boulders and that sort of thing and, and you wouldn't expect it until it's already on its way and how are you going to protect yourself I mean, you're going to duck you're not going to be able to aim and you're probably going to run back to your vehicle or your camp or your RV and just hide it's a very unusual situation and it was a very uh, intriguing story and I, I want to um, I want to engage this fellow in conversation to find out a little bit more and what he's done since then uh, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him so I'm gonna see if I can get him on the show and see if we can talk about this a little bit more in depth and just get some more particulars or details